Hi, welcome to Twin Flame Love Line. Merry Christmas. So today I want to gift you guys a special episode. This is a, a recording from Clubhouse. Me and Lequiel, as known as Jupiter 1111, is talking about how to deal with the dark night of the soul in a relationship. And you can find Jupiter Lequiel at、uh, Magical Mindset on Anchor. Apple and Spotify. Enjoy. Replays are currently on. This is Raquel, and we're just waiting for our other host, Erica, to come on. This is how to go through the dark night of the soul in a relationship. Thank you so much for being here, either live or in replay. Hello, Lovana. Olivia, I'm not sure if I said your name right, so I apologize if I didn't get it correct. So glad that you're in the room with us. I'm just waiting for Erica to come on. So grab a cup of coffee, grab a snack, and we'll get started in a few. Hi there, Margaret. Thank you so much for being here. I'm just waiting a little bit for Erica before we get started. Today's topic is how to go through the dark night of the soul in a relationship. And as always, we will open it up toward the end. So if you have any questions, we are happy to serve. Hello there, Alice. Thank you so much for being here. We're just waiting for Erica, the other host, to come on in. Today, we're talking about how to go through the dark night of the soul in a relationship. And as always,、um, you are welcome to answer, to ask any questions by raising your hand. Hello, Erica. So- Hi, Lakia. How are you? All is well. I'm so happy here in the United States. We're going to have Thanksgiving. I'm taking a week off, which is very much needed right now. That's awesome.、Uh, would you, would you make me a mod, please? Sure. Thanks. Yeah, I'm super excited too. I'll be、uh, leaving for Florida tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to Florida as well. Where, where are you going? <laughs> I will be in the Orlando area. My sister lives、uh, in a suburb of Orlando. So I will be, me and the kids are going to be over there for a whole week of sun and fun. Oh my God, that's awesome. I'll be at the Clearwater. Oh, okay. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm thinking about buying a property in the future. So,、um, you know, Tonya, she invited me to、uh, spend time. So I'm like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's awesome. It's good to have friends who live in warm places. I'm in Chicago, yeah. so um, yeah, anywhere warm right now, I'm. Awesome. Yeah, and she she lives by the beach, so it's like wow, you know. I'm definitely. I know, like our friend said, um, you can you can swim there right now because they have a um, what, what are you gonna call it? The um, it's not swimmable right now, but still, I can look at sea or ocean. It's gonna be really nice. I'm so glad that you're having vacation too. You need it. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> well, I was just welcoming our our um visitors here um, who are stopping by for this very interesting chat we're having tonight on how to go through the dark night of the soul and the relationship. Did you want to kick this off, the conversation? Off? Yes. So, um, you know, according to Alison Armstrong, she's saying men, they usually go through a dark night of the soul. And then ladies, we don't. But that is not true because when we are like, on our spiritual journey, we do go through dark night of the soul. So a lot of the times um, when we go through spiritual upgrade, this is unavoidable, especially after the awakening, spiritual awakening. And depends on your circumstances, could be relationship, could be a relationship with the family, could be relationship with your um you know, career, a lot of a different dark night of the soul people will go through. So we heard, uh, me and Tonya, we heard a lot of people are going through dark night of the soul as well, um, especially in spiritual community. So it's a good idea to bring this topic. Um, how do you go through a dark night of the soul in a relationship? First of all, this is the... Uh, I guess very important time because after you go through the dark night of the tunnel to the light, you have absolute clarity. And this pain and uh, all horrible experiences emotionally, after you go through this, you will never ever will go back to the relationship which has caused you to experience this. So like everything, there's a positive and a negative. So, you know, you could bitch about this person was horrible, betrayed me, blah, blah, blah. But you can always say, hey, because of this experience, I released a lot of dense emotions and now I'm spiritually upgraded. I'm like vibrating much higher vibration. So there's always plus sign when you go through dark night of the soul. So today, Lakiel and I are going to talk about how you can go through this and uh, we're going to share our insight and then we may do Q&A as well. And that's the thing. When you are listening to um, people online, um, um, Alison Armstrong is amazing. Um, and, and the thing is, we're not always going to agree with 100% of what somebody says, and that's okay. We don't want to throw, what's the old saying, the baby with the bathwater out. <laughs> um, only because we don't agree with that particular thing, it doesn't mean that a lot of what she has to offer in this space um, 
it would be invalid or maybe you shouldn't be following the advice. I know that um, um, Eric and I were talking about one of my favorite people about a year ago was MJ Harris. And it, he really helped me to understand how men think and the right questions to ask. And um, um, after the fungalitis, um, some of his views changed radically. And so I no longer resonated. But it doesn't mean that I couldn't go back to his old things and really dive deep into that. Um, my other favorite person in this space is Jonathan Astley. And he's kind of, I've been um, hearing him for a very long time. Um, he is, he's pretty much the same person before and after the fungalitis for those of you who are interested in following somebody. Um, so I just want to encourage you that if you listen to somebody like, wow, I really don't resonate with that piece. Um, it's okay. You don't have to resonate with that piece. Um, but just consider that if a lot of the information you are getting from that person um, really um, resonates with you and it's helpful, you know, it's just like, again, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater because there's still value in even maybe their older stuff. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And regarding the dark night of the soul, of course, because we're human, we are going to go through these dark nights, especially female avatars where um, our superpower is in the way we regulate our emotions um, and the way we nurture and connect with people. So we would be even I think in some in regards even more um, impacted emotionally than um, male avatars. Not that males male avatars don't feel deeply because they do. It's just they um, process differently, and because the process is different, the experience can um, many times is very very different. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, I mean, some people I do know who are not spiritually awakened meet someone who is like living in very shallow lifestyle, materialistic, and stuff like that. Those people don't really go through that much emotion, according to my observation. So, you know, those people tend to hurt you, say things without thinking about, you know, how their actions or word calls to other people you know it's all about but a lot of times yes ladies are more emotionally observant about you know our emotions so and so as gay guys as well so it is really um you know uh for us to feel deeper and especially after we go through emotional, I mean, awakening experiences, we we feel our feelings much deeper than usual. And that could be double-edged sword because when someone hurt you really, really badly, and, you know, sometimes they don't think about it or because of the, where they are at, uh, spiritually or vibrationally, the the act you know uh, they committed, they don't think it's gonna be big deal. It could be lie, it could be you know deceit, it could be you know cheating, whatever that is, right? Um, so of course we do go through much, much, much deeper because we are much, much connected emotionally. Like man, 
they were connected up till, I don't know, maybe 17, 18. And I don't know what's happened to them, but at certain point, they decided to not feel. I have no idea what happened to them. <laughs> so, you know, in the beginning, some guys are very emotionally um, open and vulnerable, just like we are. But I, I, it could be society, it could be their experiences, I have no idea. But a lot of them are good at the compartmentalized things and then decide not to feel too painful. I have no idea why. But either way, um, and then Alison Armstrong was saying, in general, men go through the uh, dark night of the soul. But when they are going through dark night of the soul, some men, they just decide to not to go through because it's too much for them. And then when they are brave enough to go through their dark night of the soul, what's going to happen is they're going to come out as king. So the point is they, know they are no longer taking any kind of crap from women, like manipulation or something. So they, they are only, they have very like clear clarity on what kind of a lady they're going to be with means they're queen. So in that way, I do really agree on what she's saying because I do know a couple of kings and then they are very different from boys. And like, I do listen to Tony Gaskins. Like, yo, you introduce, you know, him to me. And then um, besides whatever he's saying, like, in general, I do, what he says kind of like are useful because how he used to, you know, behave before he get married. So he's very much experienced in someone who can be not the great person to be with. Right now he is a great person to be with, but I guess he wasn't straight for the kind of person. That's what he says. So, you know, if you hear from men who know how to go around the things and manipulate and the lie and the stuff like that, and he says, okay, this is how men act. That is extremely valuable information. Um, yeah, so, but when men go through dark night of the soul, they come out as a king, but I, she was saying not all of them will go through, and I do agree because when you look around the men, regardless of the age, some of them are boys, no matter how old they are, and some of them are men, you know. But we do go through our dark night of the soul as a ladies. A lot of us do, especially someone who are, you know, who who been through spiritual awakening. 100%. So that gives depth, you know, within us. And then just like King who went his dark night of the soul, we don't take crap from anybody too. So we become queen, which is something amazing, I think. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think it might be helpful for those who are here and listening on replay for us to kind of give different definitions of the dark night of the soul. So it can be defined as, you know, giving yourself a chance to explore your own psyche, right? Especially those things that are negative relationship patterns, you know, all these habits that um, have allowed you to be who you are right now. And then it, it provides you an opportunity to transform yourself and your current relationships. And ultimately, only you can make sense of what's happening to you. That's part of the journey. And that's why even with, when people are confronted with the opportunity of the dark night, they remain you know, boys or they remain um, young ladies and they don't really graduate into being that king or queen because there's still a choice point. You have the choice point through that trigger. It could have been some kind of uncontrollable external event somebody died, a disaster, um, even something that you're confronted with and you recognize maybe part of a life that you are living is a complete lie and having that awakening to, wait, I was groomed this way, but this is not, isn't actually true. And so then you still have to make a choice by that trigger. And this is something I always tell people, triggers are not bad, triggers are good because they're exposing something that wants to be revealed to you. And so one of the things that the Dark Knight offers is those triggers coming up so that we can have the opportunity to look at them and decide for yourself, is this something that I actually believe? Is this something that's going to you know, um, bring me closer to my goals, to what I want to accomplish, to my mission work? Is this something that's actually going to assist me to be the best version of myself and most times I have yet to hear anybody go through no that's fine <laughs> the reason we get it is because what's being revealed to you is not good for you and so it's actually it's actually an answer to your own in internal prayers and vows like I want something to change I need something to change you know sometimes it gets triggered through your own clearings and you're clearing maybe your, your crown chakra or third eye, you know, your root chakra, you're like, well, I know I need a clearing. And so you go and you get a clearing from a professional and then it triggers a dark night. But it's because the things in your energy field are being moved out of the way in order for you to get the trigger. Now, most of the times we're not in free will because we're running out of belief systems that we've been groomed into. Um, and most of the belief systems we did not choose on our own. So the dark night offers us an opportunity to really decide, do we keep this belief system that we've been groomed into or birthed into? And then we can choose. And it's a, it is a painful process because now you're going to have to go against what you're used to, against the grain, against some of the things that Maybe, you know, even people that you love and your family and your friends and your current soul group, um, you're recognizing that some of the beliefs are actually hurting you and hurting them. And so how do you then divorce yourself from that belief system and still keep your relationships intact? This is why also um, studying things of emotional intelligence is so important because as you're going through that process of recognizing the belief systems that are not serving you. It doesn't mean, and I, I really hate, <laughs> and I don't use that word lightly, but I really hate the phrase, you know, to release those things that, that no longer serve you 
including the people. And most of the time, it's it's really, I'm going to cut everybody off who's not here to serve me. But we are created to serve one another. And that's a very dangerous kind of thought because on, on the surface, if it feels good. I'm just going to cut everybody off who doesn't believe the way I do, who doesn't see things the way I do, who've hurt me in the past. But we don't know if maybe we've been born in that bloodline in order for us to stop that belief system and to show the people we're with, you know, and who we're connected with a better way. Now they have choices to make too. And it doesn't mean that you allow abuse from anybody, especially if the dark night was triggered by some kind of traumatic event through a conversation or something like that with somebody. And then you just had enough. We're not talking about that. I mean, you healthy relationships need boundaries. But for the most part, a lot of times in the spaces, um, people encourage others to cut each other off. And, um, you know, could you imagine if we got cut off from the divine? Every time we missed, we took a wrong turn, said the wrong thing, was unkind and unloving. What if the angels stopped helping us? <laughs> because, because we were rude or obnoxious or didn't, you know, we're selfish in that moment or a lot of people also believe that their ancestors are helping them. What if the ancestors stop helping them because they decide, you know what, you're just being a brat and I'm not going to help you anymore. So we, we expect um, and we, we really do kind of lean into the divine and, and all these other beautiful energies to assist us, but then we want to cut other people off. So those are some of the things to be mindful of as we're going through the dark night, because the dark night is actually a good placement. It is difficult, um, but it's difficult because part of you is asking for it. Part of you is asking for the purge. Part of you, part of your destiny is calling for you to release the trauma, to release that belief system, to release those habits, um, to release um, those boundaries that were not being put in place. Would you like to add? Yes. So a lot of the times um, when, especially people are in the toxic relationship or narcissistic relationship, you know, um, the people who are in this relationship with a narcissist, uh, those people are usually empath. So, you know, one of the caution is, you know, those people, including myself, I was never in the uh, narcissistic relationship, but I do have a narcissistic, narcissistic mother. So I do know how they act. But anyhow, um, so when you are empath and then you want to be, you know, use divine love and want to be understanding, try to help them, try to be there for, for them. And then at the end of the day, you have nothing nothing else to nothing nothing to left within you because you keep on giving 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 so in this kind of situation you know when you deal with someone who has no plan to change but you know trying to keep on using you for their benefit and that is a kind of the relationship i strongly recommend to leave most of the time people do not want to because of the um, tactics narcissists use to 
make you feel like you cannot live without them. And then all these attachment and everything, people may or may not go through dark night of the soul. And then after you, you know, digest everything, everything, absolutely everything, every pain, every experiences, then you have strong will. And after you know what is good for you and what is not good for you, maybe working with professional like myself or like y'all, but after, you know, they go through that and then you have absolute clarity that you don't want to be with this person. Yes, it's important to have a compassion. Yes, it's important to forgive the person, but you are the most important person in this universe. So it is very important if someone is not respecting you and someone is not try to be on the same stage and doesn't know how to give you know give you back what to give to the give to her or give to him and you keep on getting huge amount of pain it could be emotional you know for some client it could be physical it's not a good idea but you know, this is not about the cancel culture, just because, you know, people who go through some kind of discomfort and then cut them off. You know, that is not what we, we you know, I'm saying. It's, it's also depends on the circumstances. And then when you go through dark night of the soul, that is a question, you know, each time you ask yourself, how important this relationship to you and what kind of experiences you're going through and is it worth it for you to keep on trying for your health for your emotional health and for your soul because there's so much you can give you know if the other person doesn't know how to give you back only give you breadcrumbs or just enough to give you so you're going to hang around, you will get exhausted. And that is not what you want to do. And then when you go through dark night of the soul, that is also the question you have to ask to yourself. And then you may have to make a decision after you go through the emotions, and release all these emotions, and then you may completely come out as a different person and then after that you do have to make a decision of you may have to let go of all the relationship you know some people want to be your friend or want to be with you in the relationship because it's beneficial for them it may not be authentic relationship and then you may have to realize that was the nature of the relationship. And when, when you realize that, you know, do have to make a decision. And that's a part of the package Dark Knight of the Soul comes within. Agreed. And I, I uh, do want to unpack that a little bit more about the empath. So I remember hearing, I think it was on TikTok, I'm sure it was on TikTok. I don't remember who, 
when I was like, oh, that makes so much sense on how empaths are activated. So we have all these beautiful gifts in every coding in our DNA, right? We're like walking robot software and the software is in our DNA and it gets activated through observance. And so the empaths, their superpowers are activated because they've been put, many of them, in a situation where they had to read the room, where they had to, for survival sake, be able to read the energy in the room in order for them to navigate through um, the conversations and usually like the parents or the siblings, some kind of like family members that were around. And so they get, they already have the giftings, but the gifting gets turned on through the observance of survival. Then through that, they're able to read. A lot of times, um, empaths also have this um, a well of compassion for people that because it, they're not groomed correctly, end up moving into people pleasing. And so out of their desire to help people and their desire to be compassionate, now they're emanating this energy field. And so I was listening to something on TikTok earlier, and she was giving an illustration of the way energy reads. And she said, well, you know, somebody who is narcissistic, they're not receiving that energy from source. So they're looking for that energy. And so they are automatically attracted to their opposite, the empath. And the empath is, is attracted to and pulled toward the narcissist because they have a desire to help, but they also have a deep desire to people please. And because of that people pleasing, not having the good boundaries, giving of themselves too much. And so the narcissist will pull that energy from the empath. And so it becomes this dichotomy of, well, who's, you know, I, I don't have a better languaging for it. Well, whose fault is it? You know, we have the narcissist who approaches the empath but the empath is allowing it. And so a lot of times in these circles, it comes to, well, that person is a narcissist and was using me. Yes. But what was allowed was continued. And so what happens is that through the dark night, when you have this awakening, it forces an empath to say, enough. I've had enough. I can't keep on going through this hurt, this wounding, this abuse, this vocal uh, verbal abuse, mental abuse, a lot of it is, is really mental abuse of, you know, all this um, conversation around passively aggressive gaslighting of the empath by the narcissist, but that was allowed. So once the dark night is activated, it is a chance for the empath to recognize and to also start getting some knowledge and some counsel, getting with people who've been through it and can navigate people through it, you know, uh, getting the languaging of how to push back, how to recognize certain things, and then creating the good boundaries and pushing back, thereby taking the power back from the narcissist or from the people who have been around them, even as energy vampires, because energy vampires are different than narcissists, so an energy vampire still needs energy, but pulls it differently than a narcissist. So an energy vampire is still getting some downloads from source, but they still are looking for um, an external 
almost like um, getting their battery charged through somebody else. And so there was, you know, how and you've been with people like that, you know, like you, you may you may even like them, but then after you're with them, you're like, wow, I feel so drained. <laughs> why do I, why do I feel like I gotta to go take a nap, you know, after I'm with that person? And that person might have been in this energy vampire state and actually drained you. And they're not doing it on purpose. They just know that they feel good around you, right? They just know that they that because of your compassion and your sweetness and your intelligence and your, you know, and you being funny and all these other beautiful aspects, that they just feel good around you. But because they're not having that cup of self-love and filling themselves up and allowing source energy to fill them up, we're humans. We require that. We're, the thing is, is that we're created to be in overflow. And when we are not in overflow, we are actually going into a default mode to go and get it. So we will go out and suck somebody else's energy, not doing it on purpose. It's not like we're doing spells or trying to draw somebody in or trying to be an energy vampire. There's just something in us that wants to be filled. And so we will go and find the people who will fill that for us when we don't do it for ourselves. So one of the beautiful things that the dark night also provides is coming to the awareness of the importance of self-love, the importance of filling your own cup up, the importance of saying, you know what, you know, me and source, we're the majority and majority rules of saying, you know what, I, I'm learning to be my own best friend and not because I'm an introvert. I'm actually both introvert and extroverted, depending on what I'm doing, but in really enjoying my own company and being able to enjoy the company of others because we're cre created for community. So it's this beautiful balance that the dark night is bringing in into all your relationships, starting with the relationship that you have with yourself. Would you like to add? Yes. So, you know, it is, um, I personally experienced energy vampire after um, I break myself off from my ex-twin. And I thought this energy vampire person is my appointed one. And then what happened was, you know, I don't usually fall in love so quickly. And then three months later, I started seeing flows. And then I felt really tired, you know, every single time I'm, I was hanging around with him. And I was like, ah, okay, he could be, or he probably is energy vampire because I'm really, really uh, good at reading energies and vibrations. Um, you know, after you go through Dark Night of the Soul, you can be extremely decisive about stopping the relationship right away. You don't even do like pros and the cons and, you know, take time to decide, maybe give him a chance one more time. I didn't go through any of that. I was like, you know what? He's not the one. And then I told him this is not working out. So, you know, like, like you said, once you go through dark night of the soul, you become very strong. Of course, like we all need a, or would like to have a partner and it's a good idea, but you know, we are no longer okay to settle with someone 
just because want to have someone or okay to hang around in the relationship which is not mutually loving and mutually you know inspire us to grow as a soul and you know when the relationship is toxic and then you go through dark night of the soul it makes you really really think um when you know you're by yourself you know in a way when you go through this darkness and then what is happening is you do have to ask tough question to yourself you have to look your darkness you know why did you even decide to be with this person or why did you keep on going the relationship with this person why is it what is the root cause of it you know and when you go through and you find out the clarity what's going to happen is of course you go through all these incidents so you are no longer get fooled by the tactics you know um sometimes in the twin flame relationship can be extremely toxic or even a twin isn't a narcissist they may pick up narcissistic characteristics if they are with a karmic partner so when that happens you know you are no longer um get fooled by it you're no longer like you know um give him some kind of chance because he feels sorry or he missed you or whatever unless like they go 180 there's no point and even then you know when time has passed by and you do understand the twin flame isn't a person it's an energy there are other person who are ready to be with you out there and then when you know this you no longer take a crap from anybody just because this person is the one that doesn't mean this person is qualified to be with you the person has to be the one and has to be qualified you know the person need both and then when you go through dark night of the soul and then the person you are into the girl or guy whoever and then the person is toxic or sort of being energy vampire you do really think hard you know do you really want to be with this person this person gives you 80% of what you wanted but 20% you get so tired of being with this person because this person complains all the time and drains you you know your energy and that's affecting your performance in your career or other things right and then you do make a hard decision easier after you go dark night of the soul which is huge benefit of i agree i agree um and that's really the thing is that these um opportunities and that's what they are they're an opportunity to get, like you were saying over and over again, absolute clarity. And when you have clarity, it's, it's one of my favorite phrases that I've heard. It says, clarity is power. It empowers you when you are absolutely clear. It also helps you to create the healthy boundaries that are good for you. And when you are 
you know, I, I was hearing something else, and the phrase is coming to mind, the people who don't like your boundaries are the ones who benefited from you not having them. I'll say that again. The people who are upset about your boundaries are the ones who benefited from you not having them. And so when you recognize that, you know, you can move in compassion and be like, oh, well, they're having an issue with my boundary, but I don't have to take it personally because that's their issue, not my issue. That is what they're holding on to. And I don't have to hold on to that because it's not true for me. This is what, there are rules of engagement. And that's another thing that the Dark Knight offers in the relationships is that what is true unconditional love? And we have been groomed to believe that just means that people can do and say whatever they want and you have to be in compassion, especially when it comes to like twin flame relationships. That's why there's been so much trauma bonding and so much, um, so many female avatars being wounded because they've been, yes, that actually person was a twin flame, but they were thinking, when you think about it, it's the dark version. The reason you resonate is because they are reflecting you, but they're reflecting the dark parts. That's why you're triggered. That's why you stay. That's why it's so strong. And as you are going through your dark night and making the right choices for you, again, going back to what we said in the beginning, people have a choice point. This is their choice point. And they had a choice to either make the most of their dark night and to confront the belief systems that are really holding them back or to go back into the matrix. It's their choice. And when you have somebody that you're connected with and they choose the matrix and you're choosing elevation, there is this painful disconnect. And then there's confusion. Like, but I thought this person was my twin flame. I thought this person was the one. I thought this person was my ultimate soulmate. What happened? What happened was that there was a there was a choice point and there was realities that wanted to come in and the other person through free will chose the easier path which is the path of you hear this a lot the path of least resistance that's not always the right path <laughs> sometimes in this in this dark night of the soul it's not the path of least resistance that you have to activate it is the path of resistance, of saying enough. This is the line that I'm drawing. And that's just something that is not talked about enough. Where it's like, well, we should be going with the flow, yes. But in order for you to flourish, you know, everything needs pruning. When you look at ag agriculture and flowers and, and things like that and, and vegetation, in order for it to really bloom, many things have to be pruned. And so the dark night offers the opportunity for pruning in order for you to flourish like never before. And it is painful because it's, it's a death. A lot of times I say, oh, it's a death of the ego. But it's not just the ego. It's you're grieving the release of something that you believed in deeply. And then you have to go through the grieving process of why didn't I see this before? A lot of times people feel, um, you know, they'll say, I feel stupid and worthless and why didn't I see it? And, you know, I was just in codependency and obsession and all these negative things that on the surface, yes, that was true, but there was a deeper reason for it. And so going back to what we said earlier, that what this offers is understanding and having self-love. 
And part of the self-love is under is giving yourself compassion of you were doing the best that you could with the information that you had. You were doing the best that you could and you were making the decisions that you were making based on what you knew at the time. But what the Dark Knight does is the good towers. It's like they're shaking up, right? There is always a shaking that happens. And the shakeup is necessary to shake away the things that don't serve you. So when you are focused on mission, you are more susceptible to the dark night than somebody who's not. Because somebody who's not really thinking about their legacy, what they want to, you know, how they want to help humanity, you know, uh, making, wanting to make sure that they live in um, their highest and best self, they're just kind of going to go with the flow of the current and they'll just say well that that's just life it happens and they never really grow as a person but if you're here and you're listening to this or you're listening to other things like this it's because you had a choice to make and you chose destiny and you chose to be the highest form of yourself and you chose to bring that to the earth understanding that what you have is absolutely needed absolutely and so we're so proud to be able to midwife some of that with you and to midwife some of your dreams through these kinds of platforms because this is your support system. A lot of people in these spaces, they don't have the support system. And this is why Erica and I and other people that we work with provide spaces like this and on Facebook in order for you to connect and ask questions. Erica, would, would you? Yes. So... Yeah, so that this is definitely courageous road. So you you know, I keep on using Alison Armstrong and she was saying not every single man they do go through dark night of the soul, but not every single man will go through it to be a king, which is absolutely true because some man doesn't matter how old they are, 40, 30, 50, 60, they're still a boy. They're not a man. And they are easily to get manipulated by manipulative narcissistic women or, you know, stuff like that. They take a lot of crap from women, um, which is true because I do observe the situation and you know, when man is man, they don't take a crap from anybody. Because once you go through the darkness, and then you have to choose what, who are you, and what you can choose, and what you will let go, you, not just men, us too, ladies, we go through, you know, dark night of the soul, some of us will do just because we are here for mission. And then when we go through this, um, we do have to pick and choose what do we keep and what do we let go. And sometimes after you go through dark night of the soul, we'll be completely different person. Like, um, you know, Phoenix rising from the ashes. You are, you are kind of dead. You say goodbye to all the you and hello to new you. You may have your core essence of who you are, but you are a different person because you do let go of a lot of beliefs you have before. 
And then because of that, you know, you might have to renew your relationship. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean just a romantic relationship, could be friendship too. Because when you decided to cherish yourself and love yourself and be compassionate to yourself and see who you are and your value, and when you see that clearly, you no longer accept something which is, you know, mutually loving, you know, mutually respectful. You know, some, sometimes people just want to be friends with you or work with you or be in the relationship with you because you are easily to get manipulated or they say, oh, this person is easy because, you know, some people maybe, you know, may seem like a very compassionate, empath person and that tend to, you know, seem like easy for those kind of manipulated people. And then when they come, they say, oh, I just can use her or use him. And then after you go through dark night of the soul, you are no longer put up with that kind of thing. And then when they come to you, you can see them miles away, you know? And that is the uh, treasure of this dark night of the soul. And then most important thing about how to go through dark night of the soul is to have a courage. You have to be absolutely brave to go through this. And you go through this not because you love to feel pain, but you know, after you go through this, you know you're gonna get absolute clarity. You're gonna be invincible and you will be extremely strong queen or king. And then after you become that, you attract the people like you. And you choose to have quality of the relationship instead of quantity. That could be about work, that could be client, that could be a relationship, could, could be anything, you know? And you be really good at setting boundaries. And you are still compassionate, but compassionate toward yourself and others. And people can feel oh, okay, this person don't take up crap, so I cannot manipulate this person. They can feel it. And that's a beneficial point of why it's a good idea to go through Dark Knight of the Soul. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, um, you know, when you look at the, the superhero movies, and we love them. We love them because we see this hero who they all go through a dark night. And we really resonate with that on a soul level. And it's because we understand, even if we don't really perceive it, that we are superheroes too. And that everyone goes through something. Every I was talking to, I was doing a podcast with Divine Pisces 222, Sasha, and we were talking about trauma and how, how, how a lot of times we might undermine our own trauma because it's not maybe doesn't sound as bad as someone else's trauma but everybody goes through something and it's in those opportunities where we we can't always i mean we're all very powerful manifestors 
And I think it's kind of like the 80-20 rule. We do manifest most of what happens in our lives, but not all of it, because other people have free will as well. And so they can bring blessing or they can bring destruction, right? Because they have a choice to make too. But for a lot of what we're experiencing, we are subconsciously choosing it a lot of times because we just don't know any better. And that's what the dark night helps to clarify. Um, but the other thing is, is really understanding that it helps to kind of, it's almost like we have this, this other form of us energetically that is stopping us from being these superheroes. And when, so when we watch these movies and we're like, man, that person really, you know, they went through it, they always come out stronger. And we resonate with that deeply and sometimes we don't understand why. And it's because we understand on a soul level, we're going to end up going through that path. Everyone experiences some kind of trauma, which is a dark night of, of a soul, whether it's a loss of a person, a job, you know, health, whatever triggers it. Like we see in these movies, there's always an opportunity. And we see, and we see people who have these extraordinary abilities. And sometimes they choose a darker path out of their anger, out of their hurt, out of their woundedness, or they choose to just turn their back on their destiny because they don't want to deal with it. But the ones we root for are the ones who are imperfect. They're imperfectly perfect. And they take their dark night and turn it into something good. And that is what we're being offered, where we go through these things because every person goes through something. Every person does. And it's the opportunity for us saying, okay, we, we couldn't control that piece, but we can start to take some control back on how we are going to uh, respond moving forward. We then have choice points to make. And a lot of times through the dark night, we have the opportunities of reenactment. So if you had someone who hurt you, you know, over and over again, you'll have the opportunity of a reenactment through another avatar. And it's not the universe testing you or source testing you. It's really these things are in you and we attract and we magnetize to our most predominant belief system. And as we are magnetizing to those things that are a core belief within us, whether we recognize them or not, when that comes up again, we have a choice. Do we put up the good boundary? Do we use the tools that we've been acquiring through the last trigger event? Or do we continue to allow those kind of conversations or um, activities or other people's choices to impact the quality of our life. Those are things that, you know, it's never going to go away. You, you know, we go through these cycles. We're going through cycles, not circles. We go through a cycle and we keep on going through the cycles until we reach mastery in something. And then we kind of have this rest period and our muscles are built in our rest period. And then something else happens. And it's not to scare anybody. But that's just life. Life happens. And we're always growing into 
the best version of ourselves if we allow it, if we say yes to that. So knowing that nothing is perfect, but you can, you can, because you already have proof that you can, turn everything around. So everything can turn around for your good if you allow it to be so. Erica, would you like Yeah. So dark night of the soul, you can think of as an exercise. So, you know, those of you who love to lift weight, I don't, but if you do, <laughs> when you know how to lift certain weight and you know how to do that after you go through a lot of trainings, a lot of pain, and then next time you can lift heavier ones and then more heavy, more heavy. But I'm not saying the dark night of the soul, the degree of dark night will be heavier. What I'm saying is once you know how to lift weight, next time some um, unexpected thing happen, it's going to be much lighter, much easier because you know how to deal with it. And then it's not going to be long, long time for you to go through because you know how to deal with it. Um, once you go through dark night without, you know, trying to face away because you're scared, when you're brave enough to go through this, it will get easier because part of the dark night of the soul connect with ascension process. So when we go through so many heavy emotions within ourselves, we are getting lighter and lighter and we are shifting ourselves to more positive reality, more lighter dimensions. And when we do that, things get easier. And eventually everything gonna be so in the flow. You don't even have to try hard to do things. That's what I Yeah, that's really good. It's the um, not trying hard. I remember one of my favorite phrases growing up was do or do not, there is no try. So it's not about trying hard. It's just allowing your, allowing your best self to flourish, allowing your, your best self to come to the surface, allowing the circumstances that have come into your life, whether you caused them or someone else caused them, the trigger happened for a reason. And using that as an opportunity to, um, to really be the springboard to the next level in your evolution. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Hi, Jocelyn. How are you? Welcome. So we've been talking about how to go through dark night of the soul in a relationship. And if you want to join and ask us a question, that would be great as well. So whenever you want to raise your hand, you can. Um, so, you know, the triggers, even after you go through dark night of the soul, trigger will happen. I did go through my dark night of the soul and I'm done with it. But, you know, when you have triggers, um, you know, you started to have emotions, you know, you might get pissed off about certain things because you suddenly remembered and then you 
go through the emotion within yourself. Could be a minute, you know, and then you're clear. You go on your life as if nothing happened. So trigger isn't、uh, something you need to feel scared of. It happens until you absolutely、um, clear about everything. Trigger doesn't mean you are still having a wound,、uh, but there's an energetic debris within you, and then you know sometimes debris gonna be here even tiny bit, and then certain things triggers you. I was kind of、uh, reading something about the Valentine's Day. On the other night, and then that triggered me, and then I'm like, okay, I have to go through my emotions, and I did. So you know,、um, it's just、uh, when you're cleaning your room or cleaning the apartment or house, you know, sometimes a little bit of dust will fall in or particle of the dust, even though your house or apartment is clean in general. The trigger is something similar to that. You know, but eventually it will it goes away, and then when you will encounter some kind of trigger, even after you go through dark night of the soul, it's not unusual, you know, and that's what. Right, it's this constant of like, well, I don't, I don't want to be triggered,、um, and when we run away from those pieces of ourselves. It is an opportunity to love ourselves in that point in our messiness, in our imperfection. It's a great time to practice unconditional love for self, because we're told in the Good Book that we are to love our neighbor, but it's as we love ourselves. And how can we love another person properly or fully, or or even in the right way when we are so、um, harsh and critical with ourselves and You know, a lot of times we don't we don't want to deal with it because we know there's this pain involved, but it doesn't always have to be excruciating pain. A dark night can just be like a realization, like oh my gosh, I really need to change this. And just having that really strong pull of the changes now, and this has to be released. And there is some pain involved, but it there is a, a time period of being the hermit. Of having to pull away from people, but it doesn't like Erica was saying doesn't have to be very long. The more you, cycles you go through, right? Because if you're going in cycles, not circles, in some ways the easier it gets because then you're like you recognize it as an opportunity, and so you no longer run away from it because you know as uncomfortable as it is, on the other side of it is so much blessing and freedom. There's so、uh, there's so much peace on the other side of that trigger that is dealt with, and then you also come to understand that you magnetize yourself to this because you want the freedom, and that you can honor the dark night as an opportunity to give you what you want. In order for you to get what you want, you need to be resonating at that level, at that frequency. And a lot of times, people are stuck. You know, and I do clearings. I did a clearing for somebody the other day, but she was meditating, and Source says you need to do this kind of clearing, and you need to go, go get it from Raquel. 
and your life is going to be changed. <laughs> and I did the clearing for her, and it and it was everything that that source told her. I did the clearing, um, and now she feels at peace. But what clearings do is like they just help to clean up a lot of like think of it like taking out the garbage. But garbage continues to accumulate. So while clearings are great, and I do them in chakra alignments and things like that, um, there's still work to continually be done because we're always picking up debris. And so when we don't take out the garbage on a daily basis, which is part of what meditation and prayer and, and grounding does for us and clearings is like continually taking out the garbage. If we allow that to accumulate, then you might find yourself, it feels almost like you're in a perpetual darkness <laughs> where you're constantly going through a dark night. But it's because part of the lesson that you have not learned is that there is a daily maintenance to things. This is why we're told in the good book to renew our minds every single day. We have to renew our minds. We have to meditate. We have to think about the good things. We have to think and not always be um, giving power to the shadow work. Because, you know, if you want to look at your shadows, you will find them. But part of the dark night is not only recognizing the shadows, but it gives you appreciation for your light. It gives you appreciation for your internal power. It gives you the appreciation for the courage you've had already and so using that again as a catalyst for change and for up leveling your life and not allowing even like the shadow work that's very popular in these realm in this realm to do shadow work like all the time and i'm like okay if you're always concentrating on the shadows that's all you're going to manifest over and over again so there is a balance to this as well. I mean, we can't always live in the woo-woo and in the everything's fine and we're living in the clouds and everything's rainbows and candy. And we can't always live in the shadows. There has to be a balance in order for us to really be impactful in other people's lives. Would you like to add? Yeah. Like eight years ago, I came across with Teal Swan. And uh, at that time, I was fascinated by her teaching and then specialist of dark night of the soul so i have this personality i won't get things done asap so i said to myself if i'm gonna focus on myself doing shadow work for six months it will get rid of it so what happened was six months later um I found out that is a bottomless pit. <laughs> and then my guide was saying, if you focus on dark night, you will create more of the dark night. So deal with it when you come across to it. You don't have to dig through for continuously in six months. And then what I found out was it was completely depressing to do shadow work for six months. And I didn't really think that was constructive for me you know so i decided to not to focus on dark night i mean the shadow work anymore at that time and then i don't do that continuously like when things comes up to you you know because something triggers you 
after you go through the dark night, that is the time to do it. So it's almost like a losing weight. Like if you weighed、um, gaining so much pound, you feel like, oh my God, you have to go through so much losing weight process. But when you know you, you are gaining weight, a pound or two, and then you decided to tackle at that time, so you don't have to lose 30 pounds when you notice like pound or two is more than usual. Okay, let's get rid of it. It's a lot easier. So, energetically, it's the same thing. Like, you know, when small triggers or a little bit of sadness or a little bit of anger or whatever that is comes up to you. And then instead of blaming yourself, oh my God, I couldn't, I didn't clear myself enough or Oh, how, how come this is coming back to me? I thought I finished Dark Knight of the Soul. You did. But this debris thing is something, you know, as long as we are here, we are at the 4.8 dimension. We are not 5D yet. So as long as we are not in 5D, we'll go through this, right? Until we get there, you know, consciously.、Um, so. This is something we deal with it more or less. So it's almost like brushing teeth happens. Okay, it happens. Deal with it.、Uh, it might be five minutes. It could be 10 minutes. It, it could be whole day. It depends on what you're going through. But it's a lot shorter than focusing on this. Because the more you focus on, the more you manifest. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Thank you for that. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I remind people what we focus on expands. So, as we are focusing on self love and positive things, and this is why affirmations, when done correctly, work so well, is because they do drown out negative thinking. And again, it's not we're telling you to stick your head in the sand and act like things are not happening, but everything we say kicks off a reality. Thoughts internalize. Materialize. So, whatever we are focusing on continually is what we end up embedding in our subconscious. And our subconscious and our conscious, when they are in union, that is what's manifesting. So, it's our thoughts and our feelings. Our thoughts is the conscious, our feelings is the language of the subconscious. And when they are in union, so think about the dark night also kicks off. A lot of times we're thinking about wanting to know who our twin flame is. But I, I ask that people consider maybe you are your own twin flame. Your subconscious is the masculine, your conscious is the feminine. I've also seen、um, and felt that my ultimate twin flame was Source because he would never leave me nor forsake me, always has, always protects me, always, always provides. And as I allowed myself to be loved that way, then it was like Erica was saying, right? I got clarity. And as I received that love and that healing, that now became a new standard that if I wasn't being loved and treated a certain way, because I got used to it by treating myself that way and by, by allowing Source to love me that way and provide for me, protect for me that way. That the only kind of man that I could be a partner with is somebody who was going to do the same. And if 
And if that level of respect and honor and love and adoration was not there, then I was not going to be attracted to them for very long. I mean, you might resonate with somebody, but as you get to know them, you're like, nope. <laughs> you're a good person, but not a good fit. Um, and I've got, and I had to get used to that languaging too of saying, recognizing people are good people, just bad daters, or they're good people, but they're not a good fit. And that's okay. Or recognizing that they might like me, but not enough. And that's okay. Or, or recognizing they may have love for me, but not enough. And that's okay too. It wasn't a waste of time because I learned something through the experience. I got clarity through it. Sometimes the dark night comes through uh, even a softer experience to grant you the clarity that you need in order for you to experience something new. And a lot of times that is the, also the way it's going to come is through a connection for you to experience something new through it, something different, a different choice point. And then you're like, you know, I'm okay with letting that go. And then you get used to being okay with letting things go that might be even good, but not great. But might have been great for a season, but the season has passed. And you still have to mourn that because now it's gone, but or it has to change or be released in some way. Um, and that's a process and that's okay too. Because you know that the adventure continues and that what is coming and going to manifest for you is so much greater than you have yet to experience. And that's another beautiful lesson through the dark night. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, it's it's very important, like when you are going through a dark night of the soul to be loving for yourself because you are the most important person on this planet. So when you are being loving to yourself, when you go through this, you know, uh, clarity, you have to decide what you will keep within you or in your relationship and then what you will let go for you, you know, for your own happiness. Um, you may come out as a totally different person from before the dark night of the soul, which is okay. And then, you know, after you have a courage and then when you are realizing, you know, it's very important to love yourself, like Raquel said, and then, you know, having this love while you're going through this and then understanding you'll come out as a totally different person. Y your core will be the same as a soul, but you will be different. And then that is okay because you are upgraded as a person, you are upgraded as a soul. And then after you go through it to the light, um, what's gonna happen is you will get the man or lady who is equivalent as you which you wouldn't be meeting this person because you are not at the same level. So after you become a queen, when you go through dark night of the soul, you will have a king because king is always or only looking for the queen. King is not looking for a princess. So yeah, that's what I want. And I can testify to that. I. I tease my beloved. I'm like, you found me. He's like, you found me. <laughs> it's like, we found each other. 
but we both had to go through things and it doesn't mean that when you do find someone who is an amazing life partner that things are going to be smooth and and uh, it's funny because i i see these millennials and like we never fight we never argue you know we're always so kind to each other and i'm like there are things that you're it's still surface level because when you start digging deep there will be you know disagreements there because you're different people um and you are you know you have different ways of doing things but the whole thing is like is there honor is there respect are you growing together and when you have those things it, you can weather through anything with anybody so things might still come up um, and they will because that's just life and people are still learning and growing themselves but when you when you're when you've both been through and um, successfully survived <laughs> the dark night or several dark nights um, it it does make you a power couple um, and then when you are in that in that, I know for myself, one of the things that I'm recognizing uh, for Misha and I is that my parents, their legacy is about a loving couple. I remember being very young, and uh, and I and that's why I always wanted a, a guy like my dad, because every woman wanted a husband like my father. Like he is the epitome of what a great husband is and what a great dad. Um, so every woman was always envious of my mother and wanted that kind of marriage. And so that's something that I desired as well. And so now I'm with somebody that um, has those same, the same character as my dad, even though he, his personality is very, very different. <laughs> but the character is there. Um, and that's their legacy. Sometimes we think like, oh, what's, what, what's going to be my legacy in the mission work? with my person, your mission work might just, you just being an example of what true love looks like. And so with Misha and I, I've recognized that that part of my parents' legacy is the same legacy I have with Misha. When we are together, I can't, we both, and he's like, he's, his awakening started when he, him and I met early, and that was earlier this year in January, um, 2021, when we're, when we're recording this. And so that's when his awakening started was the moment that we met. And so he's starting to recognize without me having to say, point it all out. It's, it's fun to watch <laughs> somebody who's kind of coming into their own superpowers. And he always had um, a really great, uh, you know, um, reading energy system. Um, he would just call it vibes, right? He's like, he can pick up on things. But now it's like it's, it's being empowered because of our union. And he recognizes the shifts in couples when we're in the room because we're very loving toward each other and playful and we would just really enjoy each other's company. And so we can, we can visibly, uh, physically see if people are uncomfortable or people are like, wait, I should be, if they're on a date with somebody, we can tell how long people have been together um, because they'll like look at the person like, do I still want to date you? you know? Because now they're questioning, I don't know if I made the right choice or, you know, I would like, we should be, you know, more romantic or holding hands or, you know, having deep conversations. So we're recognizing that we're shifting atmospheres every time we're together and out, whether we're in a family function, a friend function or out somewhere. Um, 
people recognize the true love and it makes them pause and like i want that too and we've seen couples we've known couples who weren't um, maybe very kind or loving toward each other but just being in our presence they shift and their conversation starts to shift to more loving and kind words toward each other and compassion so it's been um, really amazing the more he's growing and, and gone through some dark night with me as he was going through it and I was helping him navigate through those things that have happened to him um, while we've been together um, he's just re- he's starting to recognize that as well so I want to encourage you like sometimes we come into these things and we're like well I know I want to be with somebody and I want to do this massive mission work maybe your mission work is and he asked me about that he's like I want to I want to do mission work. You're always talking about that. And what does that mean? And what's going to be our mission, <laughs> our purpose together? And I'm like, you, you haven't recognized how, and I was like, you're recognizing it, but thinking it has to be something greater. Maybe it'll be something different, but there is no greater mission that than when two people love each other and they respect each other and they honor each other. And they are great examples of what a life partnership looks like. Um, and how that's articulated, that shifts other couples and therefore other communities, you know, and other and other family lines, because then that becomes the standard. I always had that standard, but because of some things that I went through, it took a while for me to come back to this. Um, but I'm still young, right? I, I'm only 47, and, um, and Misha's 51, and we have decades to be together. So it's not too late to move into that. And I'm just really grateful that, that I've been um, honored and blessed with a man who loves me and adores me, just like my dad loves and adores my mom and honors her and respects her and such a great provider and protector. And I have that, and I know you'll have that too. And if that's my leg, and if that's quote unquote the only legacy Misha and I have together, that the whole thing was worth it because we're already seeing shifts in our um, inner circles where people are starting to treat each other better, talk to each other better. The languaging is being different. They're starting to have date nights with each other. It's really beautiful how it's almost like these couples who've been together for, for a long period of time, like 20 years or more, are having a second chance at love with each other. And how awesome is that, that we get to just be ourselves and love each other. And that inspires people who maybe they're, they've kind of just gotten used to each other. But now they're having a second chance at true love and they're having it with each other. And it's, it's really beautiful how things are unfolding for other people. I know we're about, um, we're about to end in a little bit. Erica, is there anything else you want? Yeah, so one of the twin flame mission is to uh, bring the galactic love template to Earth, which means to love if we have to put it in the simple word. Because on Earth, um, what people call love could be more of the exchange of, I'm looking for this, and then I'm looking for a woman who can give me this, and vice versa, instead of, you know, um, being loving toward each other and growing with each other and inspiring each other and inspiring others by looking at you two, 
like Akel and Misha. So, you know, when we do observe a couple, not everybody is not like that because a lot of times people go into the relationship and marriage not because they truly love, you know, in love with each other, sometimes because of what you can get from each other, you know, that is not uh, authentic love. But um, as far as mission goes, um, it doesn't have to be you two have to do spiritual work together unless he wants to. It could be um, your person, doesn't matter this guy is a twin flame or soulmate, level is a level if this guy wants to support you emotionally or could be financially so you can go through your mission work full-heartedly and you will get energized after you go see him and then be with him then you can go on and uh, you know uh, provide whatever you want to provide to your client to the world that is a mission work too. There are so many ways um, two people can go into the mission. Doesn't have to be both of you have to do spiritual work or have to uh, build some kind of healing center together. It doesn't have to be that way. You can create your own way as a couple, how you're gonna do that, you know? And one of the things you can do is of course to show what true love is without, you know, or I'm showing you like Raquel and Misha is um, to show what true love is and then people will recognize, oh, that's what it is. You know, that's the amazing thing people, people can do as a twin flame work. So, um, yeah, every Tuesday, me and Raquel um, provide interesting relationship topic or spiritual topic at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And this is a replay. So those of you who are listening to our replay, welcome. And then make sure to follow Love and Ascension House, the greenhouse, or like you and I. And we'll love to hang around with you next time as well. Yes, um, next week we will not be on because of the holidays and I will be traveling, but we look forward to, you know, serving you again in a couple of weeks. And if there's any topic that you will, uh, want Erica and I to um, go ahead and revisit or to um, dive into, please go ahead and direct message us either here or in Instagram or in any other place where you follow us. We are here to curate the content based on what we're being um, asked from our own clients and from those that we interact with. So um, this is for you. So let us know how we can serve you better. Yes, indeed. So those of you who are having holiday, happy Thanksgiving and rest of other world, have a great week. Thank you so much for being here and spending time with us. Thank you. We'll see you on the next podcast. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas weekend. Bye!